God is about. Amen. Well, real quick before we get started here, amen, uh, and the words of announcement, we got prayer walk Saturday in Nilesville. Amen. We're going to meet at Fountain Park there in Nilesville, up by Marshville. It's 9 o'clock, do a plow before the planting, walking, praying, having a good time talking to the Lord, talking to people about the Lord if they're out there. Amen. And as I said, the goal is, is the, we call it plowing before the planter, just like a farmer goes into his field and plow the field, turn the dirt over before he plant his seed. That's what we're doing, but we're doing it through prayer. We're turning the soil over in that city through prayer. Amen. So that when God sends the laborer there, amen, to raise up a church. Amen. So, so if you can't make it, pray for us while we be walking in Nailsville, having a good time. Be leaving here about seven o'clock Saturday morning. If you need a ride, let me know. Amen. So we can go. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have Miss Peters back with us again. She's been on vacation all summer. Miss Peters, welcome home. Amen. It's good to see you as always. Amen. All right. It's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. All right. We're starting a new series tonight, A Better Resurrection. Who can tell me what it was last month? A better substance. Amen. Praise God. You got your roots down. You got your stump is attached to the rock. Amen. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. Amen. Better substance. Amen. The Bible says, if you love me, you will inherit substance. And God says, I will fill your treasure. Amen. You think about that, man. You're supposed to be a tree with all kinds of apples just flowing all over you, all oranges falling all over you, bananas falling all over you. Amen. Just blossoming constantly. Filled with fruit of the Spirit. Love is supposed to be running all over you. Joy is supposed to be flowing out of you. All these things because you've got a better substance. Jesus Christ. You're attached to him. Amen. That holy seed would be the substance. And so he's in us. We're attached to him. Hebrews 6 tells us that we have an anchor of hope, both sure and unmovable. And that's Jesus Christ. If you notice everything better but that mention is better. It always points you right to Jesus. Amen. That's to have here. See, you're supposed to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might here because you're going to a better place. Amen. And you're going to have so much more. Amen. This is just a scratch of the surface here of what you're going to have when you get there. Amen. So don't ever forget that. You have a better substance in the Lord. We had a better priesthood. We had a you know, all kinds of better things, a better life. Man, that's what it's all about. So tonight we want to talk about a better resurrection. If you have your papers, amen, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. The Bible says, women received their dead raised to life again, and others was tortured, not accepted deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now notice what he's trying to get is this is all coming out of this faith chapter. Amen. That usually a lot of times we focus because in the faith chapter, most people get to verse one and they just quit. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And that's where they seem to stop right there. But I'm here to tell you this whole chapter is packed, amen, with patriots and what brought them into that faith, amen, and how they cling to the promises of God. And that's why really the book of Hebrews is so encouraging and, and strengthening and lifting up and 
building us up. So we see their dead raised to life again, and others was tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might attain a better resurrection. And that's the attitude we must have. We know we're going to rise again. We've already risen once when we repented of our sins, when we were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We was risen to do what? Walk in newness of life. Amen. And so, therefore, we're going to have this new life here to reflect Christ in the earth here. Amen. To kill the old man here so that we will resurrect with the new man the next time around, when Jesus comes for his church, we'll be ready to get out of here. The Greek word for resurrection, anatosis, means a standing up again. Amen. Think about these terms now. A standing up again. A moral recovery of spiritual truth. Raised to life again. To raise from the dead. And that should rise, rising again. So just looking at those Amen. Think about what you can receive with a better resurrection. Recovery of moral, spiritual truth. A lot of people's lives are without truth. Amen. They don't have moral, spiritual truth. And see, and this is what God desires. He's raising us to have newness of life. We are taught in Proverbs to get wisdom. And all that getting, getting understanding. Jesus says, because he's God in Jeremiah 31, 33, that I will write my law in their hearts and in their minds so that they will all know me. Amen. See, so that's a spiritual truth that was hidden from the beginning. That now when we're resurrected, we can have this understanding of the truth. You see, remember Sunday we was talking about worship, God in spirit and in truth. And so in order to do that, we've got to have the truth. And God is unfolding these things to us. Our eyes are being opened. The gospel was hid to us. Amen. We were blind to the things of God before we came into that relationship with God. But now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We're going to understand it better by and by. As we get into the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, you see things start to become clear. Things begin to open up to you. God's Spirit begins to reveal truth to you, and you find yourself getting excited and encouraged about what God is doing in your life and the points He's taking you to. And if you like me, sometimes you go, wow. Yeah, thank God for the truth. Thank God for the revelation of truth. Amen. A standing up again. Think about it. Amen. We're standing up again. This is why David says in Psalms 20, they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Amen. We are to stand upright. I think it's Psalms 20. It might be verse 7. Is there more than seven verses in Psalms 20, verse 7? Where's your Bibles? <laughs> Come on, Bible scholars. <laughs> verse 8. I missed it but one, huh? All right. So verse 8, there are eight verses. Okay. I thought it was seven, but there. Say again. In verse chapter 20. <laughs> Amen. So, so verse 8, so there are nine, okay? So verse 8, they are brought down. And fallen, 
But we are risen to do what? Stand upright. In other words, we want to stand in righteousness. We want to be right. We want to stand in truth because God is God of righteousness. And so I have to learn how to stand right. You see, when God writes His laws in our hearts and in His mind, if you stop and think, the Bible says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So Moses received the law from God and he presented it to the people. The thing about the law was, the law was just to make them godly. That's all it was. It was designed to give them godly character and moral character to follow the golden rule to do unto others as I have done unto you. That was all the law was, was to make them like God. Amen. And so when Jesus comes, or God, uh, later on in Jeremiah, he says, I will write my law in their hearts and put it in my mind so everybody will know me. So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he writes it in your mind and in your heart. This is why David says in Psalms 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. See, the law, once it's written in you, once the Holy Ghost is in you, you start realizing this spiritual truth and more truth of God's Word, and you start living it and doing it. What is it doing? It's changing you. As the psalm says, He's changing me, my blessed Savior. I'm not the same person I used to be. It's been slow going, but there's a knowing that someday perfect, I will be. And in order for me to be perfect that day, to stand before him perfect, I've got to, as James says, become a doer of God's word and not a hearer only. See, the word is designed to change me. It is designed to turn me from wrong to right. It's designed to build me up and to strengthen me so I will have the substance that I need to stand strong. This is why Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 2, amen, verse 1 through 6. He begins to tell us here, amen. He says, wherein, and he have quickened you, amen. Notice in verse 1, he has what? Quickening you that was what? Dead. See, as long as you're in the world, as long as you're living in sin, you're dead. Right. You're dead. I was dead in trespasses and in sin. I was without hope. I was without life. But God, see, so he quickened us to walk in this newness of life. Amen. Way in in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the princes of the power of the air. We, we were Satan's characters. Amen. The spirit now doing what? Where is it working? And the children of disobedience. So if a child or people are not obedient to the word of God, they're disobedient to the things of God. And so therefore, they're working according to Satan's will and Satan's purpose and not the God's will. Because God's will is that we obey. Amen. To do what his word tells us to do. So we have to be obedient to the things of God, to grow in the things of God. Among whom also we had our conversations, our behavior in times past, and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and was by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and that have raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly place in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Amen. So we were dead, and what did God do? He raised us. He resurrected us. He lifted us up. Amen. He wants us to stand up. Amen. To be right. To represent him in this earth. Amen. So we have to have this moral recovery here. Because we was moral decay. <laughs> Paul says this immortal must put on immortality. And this corruption got to put on incorruption. Amen. We, we got to get it right here. We've been risen to walk in a new life. Amen. So that he could reveal this truth because he wants us to reflect him in the earth. Amen. He wants us to crucify the old guy. Get him out of the way. See, we don't want to live like the old guy. We don't want to. He, he calls you trouble. He calls you problems. He calls you heartaches. But the new man is what God wants us to have. And we know that the gospel is what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we apply that? We repent of our sins. We died. We saw we was on the wrong path. We saw that we're headed in the wrong direction. And we realized we need to turn around. So we died to the things of this world. We died to sin. And we asked God to forgive us of our sins. He wiped the slate clean. We was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ was applied to our lives. And he raised us, filled us with the Holy Ghost so that we could walk in newness of life. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That's the gospel. So if anybody ever asks you what the gospel is, now you know it, okay? Amen. So so we, we, we've we got to, to realize this. Jerry's daughter was raised from the dead. He raised her from the dead. A woman in name. Her son was dead. Jesus raised her son back to life. Lazarus was in the tomb. He was dead. Jesus raised from the dead. And he says, loose him and let him go. Get him out of the grave clothes. Get him in his right mind. The man that was in the tombs and the Gadarene in Mark chapter 5 and in Matthew, we read about them. He was in the tombs. He was bound. He was trapped. He was, you know, couldn't get away. But when Jesus freed him, amen, he was in his right mind. See, when we come into this relationship with Jesus Christ, he brings us into our right mind and our right standing and our right understanding. Amen. So that we're not carried about with every wind of doctrine. Amen. We're resurrected here to walk in a newness of life. When God made Adam, amen, when you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, you find that the Bible says that when God formed Adam, what did he do? He breathed into Adam the breath of life, and man became what? A living soul. Adam was nothing but a dead piece of dirt laying there, 
until God breathed into him. And then he got up. Well, when God breathes into you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're supposed to get up. Amen. You're supposed to stand up right. Praise God. And you're supposed to know that you're a living soul. Amen. And you are to reflect him in this earth. Stay with me. Amen. So God is is resurrecting us here for a purpose. Say, and you have to realize that he wants you to know the truth. He wants you to understand him so that your life is like him. He is in you. He's your hope. He's your life. See? And so you have been resurrected. You've been given things to help you stand. You put on the whole armor of God, Paul says, so that you can what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. You have to get your loins skirted about with truth. That's why you're going to uncover spiritual truth. You've already started on that path because when you realize, as soon as you realize you're going down the wrong road and you made a choice to turn around, spiritual truth was starting to show you, hey, you're on the wrong road. The signs were given. You recognized it. See? So now that you turn around, you've been baptized, you're raised again to walk in newness of life. Stay that way. Don't go back to the old way of life. You know what it gives you. Nothing but heartaches and pain. Amen. So we're resurrected for a purpose here. And Paul, one of the things he tells us in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 here, notice, but God who is rich in mercy, number A, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when you were dead in sin, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and have raised us up together, and made us do what? Sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus, there are some heavenly places that he wants you to come up and set with him. And the book of Revelation says, come on up, John. <laughs> Amen. you got to get up higher. Amen. You can't stay down here. You're going higher. You're going up. See, so you want to build up yourself, Jude said, on your most holy faith. You want to get higher in Christ. Amen. If Psalms 27, he says, in the time of trouble, he has set you on a rock so that you want your head to be higher above your enemies. That's putting you in heavenly places. He is the rock. Amen. And so he's setting you higher than what you were before. Amen. You're not supposed to be down here with the chickens. You're supposed to be sowing with the eagles. Come on. Get up higher here. Praise God. You need to stop eating worms and start eating some berries. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. See, He wants you up higher. Come on up. See, you've got to do those things that's going to lift you up, to build you up, get some jet proportion in you. Amen. Get some afterburners going so that you can get up higher. Above your circumstances, above your situation, as a resurrected person, your circumstances are not supposed to deter you. You're supposed to be able to step above these things and to go higher in Christ Jesus. 
So he's have these heavenly places. Number one, the place he wants you to be is free. Now think about this. Amen. He wants you free. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free. And then, all the time, Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 9, he says, not what? The word of God is 2 Timothy 2 verse 9. He says that the word of God is not bound. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus Christ is not bound. He's free. So if Christ is in you, you have no business being bound. You are free. He has made you free. See? So, all you've got to do when you start feeling bound is lift up holy hands. See? I think the Bible says, hang down the, lift up the holy hands that hang down and the feeble knees. You know, get up. Micah says, amen. When I sit in darkness, the Lord is going to be a light around me. He says, rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall do what? I'll rise. See? Because I've been resurrected to stand up, to be strong, to walk in newness of life. I don't let the old ways keep pulling me down. He gives strength to me. His power is in me. I'm set free. I'm made free. So, Timothy 2.9, if the word is not bound then God isn't bound. And if God is in me, I'm not bound. How can I be, he be bound and I be in me and I'm bound if he's not bound? That makes sense? I see some confused puzzles. Amen. Think about it. He's God. He's the word, right? So if he's free, you're supposed to be free. See? It's what you're trying to understand here. Freedom shall make me free. <laughs> Isaiah 61, he says in verse 1, which is also Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is where? Upon me. Because he have anointed me to preach the gospel, preach good tidings to the meek, and he sent me to bind up the broken hearts to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. The door is open, my friend. What are you doing in jail? Jesus paid the bail. I, I think there was a song like that in the 80s, wasn't it? Amen. I, 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 I remember, you know, some guy made a song. What was his name? My goodness, I can't remember. Yeah, so what are you doing in jail? Jesus paid the bail. Hallelujah, or something like that. Yeah, I have to ask my daughter. She would know it. Amen. But think about it. He's opened prison doors. I was bound. I was trapped, just like the guy in the tombs. He was bound, but Jesus set him free. And what happened? He's in his right mind and clothed, amen, and in his right mind. When we are resurrected, I need to know how to dress. My clothing, I need to know how to be modestly dressed, amen, before him. I need to be in my right mind before him. 
Because the law converts my mind. Amen. My mind stays perfect on Him. Think about it. He'll keep me where? Perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon Him. So I'm not bound. Amen. I'm free. I can't allow the things of the world that comes in to trouble my mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing this thing right here. The way you think. If you keep thinking the same old way you always thought, you're going to always get what you always got. See? <laughs> See? But I got to think afresh and anew. I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive now. See? Lazarus, he says, loose him and let him go. He opened the door. He's broken the prison. Amen. When Paul and Silas, amen, when there's a jailhouse rock, what happened? They came out of jail. Shackles fell off. It's an indication that God sets free. See, there's nothing holding you back from lifting your hands. If fear ever gets in your heart that you don't want to lift your hands and praise God, hey, the enemy has got you right where he wants you. See? But Jesus has set you free. Paul says, nothing shall stop me of this boasting of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm resurrected. So God wants me to sit with him in heavenly places. Galatians 5, 1 and 2. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. Amen. What were you bound with in the world? I know what I was bound with. Amen. Jack Black, old crow. You know, they had me. I was their best friend. And they was killing me. But God. (laughs) That's why I love that scripture so much. But God, who is rich in his love and mercy towards me. Amen. He quickened me. Just like that, TJ, he pulled me out. Said, this one's mine, devil. <laughs> you have no more power over him. Amen. And I was immediately set free. He resurrected me out of that mess. Amen. The world can say, hey, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. That's a lie. It's been 30-something years, and I haven't touched any since. Praise God. Set free. Don't even have the urge. Amen. Because I've been resurrected by the power of Almighty God. Amen. Stand fast. And the liberty. He's made you free. He's got us in this place. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom or liberty. Amen. Not only in the church, but in your life. Because you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're free. You're free. You're free. Don't allow the enemy keep telling you you're not free. Don't let him keep telling you, oh, that's just a passing fact. No. 
to a free. And this is what God wants is He has risen you to this place of freedom. Because that's where He sits because He's the God that makes everything free. When the Son is made free, is free indeed. And Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you should know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. See, the word is always going to set you at liberty because God is the word. Amen. That's why there's so many stories in the Bible for us, for our learning to see how God freed them. Uh, he set them free. The woman that was bent over, amen, for 18 years. Jesus walked and says, woman, thou art loose of thy infirmities. And immediately she stood up. Freedom. The woman with the issue of blood, amen, 12 years, couldn't find a cure, amen. But as soon as she touched Jesus, she was free, amen, of that situation. There's just so many stories. Of how he resurrected them out of their situations to bring to them newness of life. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Amen. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world. Amen. You are his child. Rise up. Amen. Amen. And let him bring you on up to this heavenly place. Amen. Number two. Amen. No condemnation. More people like to condemn themselves than anything else. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Oh, you know, just beating themselves up all the time. You know, but why do you do that? See, God wants us in a place with him where there is no condemnation. As he told Nicodemus, amen, and John chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, he says, Here is condemnation, Nicodemus, that light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light, because what? Their deeds are evil. See? Light is designed to let you see. The spiritual truth is designed to let you see the truth. John chapter 3, verse 17. Amen. And this is the condemnation that light, verse 19, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because what? Their deeds are evil. Amen. But there's no condemnation in him. Paul says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now none, no condemnation to them who are what? In Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made us what? Free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh. Amen. God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, that we might be what? The sons of God. Amen. There's no condemn you. Stop condemning yourself. You raised up over that stuff. That's the old life. That's the old way. You were, you've been dead to that guy. You're a new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. 
You're supposed to be sitting with Christ where there is no condemnation. God did not send him into the world to condemn you, but to save you. So if you keep condemning yourself and you let people keep condemning you, it is not of God. It is of the devil. You've been risen to sit with him for there is none of that stuff. See? So you need to realize where your seat is. If you accept condemnation, you know what? You just got off the high seat and went back to the low seat. See? Know who you are. You are His. Everything you have need of, your Heavenly Father has it. Stop condemning yourself. Stop seeing yourself as nobody. Amen. See yourself who you are in Him. I'm in the seat with Him. I'm not sitting in the seat of the scornful. Amen. I'm blessed because of Him. I'm up. I'm up. I'm not high. I'm not, you know, boastful up. I'm just sitting with Him. Amen. In heavenly places. Because this is where He wants me to sit. Amen. Around His throne. Amen. So no condemnation. Amen. Isaiah 50 verse 9. Isaiah 50 verse 9. Amen. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is He that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall wax all as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. <laughs> Amen. But God will help me. Condemn me all that you want. God's got my He takes my part, as the psalmist said, with them to help me. Therefore, I see my desires upon them that hate me. Amen. Don't let people condemn you. God will take care of it. I don't even have to take care of when people do me wrong. God will take care of it. See? He, that's, he fights my battles. Amen. I'm just sitting there watching him. Just like he told Jehoshaphat. Go take a seat. Watch and see what I do for you. That's, that, let him fight for you. Amen. He'll, he'll win every time. <laughs> Amen. He will win every time. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who shall